Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. A cautionary tale. Listen to what they say, then do the opposite. Your hosts, Colin Flynn and John M. Craig. Thank you once again for joining us. Episode 186, Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. Two guys that have never met in real life. My name is Colin Flynn. I live in Iowa. And my co-host is Mr. John M. Craig. I do not want to thank anyone uh, for joining us, listening to this, because what the fuck else are they going to do, okay? <laughs> We're under quarantine. New York City schools are going to be shut for the rest of the year, according to Mayor Bill de Blasio. Governor Andrew Cuomo says, nope, you can't say that. I make that decision. You don't open the schools. You don't close the schools. So uh, we'll see. But it's not looking good that anything's happening before May 1st. And even then, that's an early prediction. So listen to our podcast. And I'm not thanking you. I'm not sending you anything. I'm not going to be nice to you. I don't have to be nice to you. I don't have to interact with anyone except for Colin like once or twice a week. And I don't don't even have to do that. (laughs) How's things going, man? It's going well. It it is. Okay. So the podcast thing, I like you, you know, we listen to podcasts. uh, And uh, so there's been, I don't know what your, what your feeling on this is, but there are some that were recorded uh, pre the mess, uh, pre all of this shit. And and so those, those ones were then you listen to them and the people are just speaking and just having a conversation. Like everything's normal. And then there's some that were recorded after. And so those are getting a little harder to find because of course, trying to get two people in the same room together is, uh, is, is dangerous in a lot of instances and, and you know, you're just finding that some of these guys aren't doing it uh, or they're struggling trying to do it and uh, but I li- when I listen to the ones that where the world is supposed to be normal I it, I can't do it I just I, I, I'm just it makes me feel weird I just I'm like I it's, it seems like they ought to be talking about it and they're not and uh, I, I, I want to hear I, I want to hear somebody else just talking and n- knowing that they're kind of going through the same kind of thing. I, well, I, I, don't. I, I feel you on that for sure. Like, I just I just listened to uh, Terry Gross, um, NPR, Terry Gross, um, uh, Fresh Air, right? The host. For, yeah, uh, right. Great interviewer, right? And, uh, you know, I, I had said a couple of weeks ago that you and I are way ahead of the curve because we've never met in person. We've been doing this remotely. Like, we're, the, we're ahead of the curve on social distancing. And the truth is that Terry Gross, she does not record in the same room or even in the same state as her guests typically and like she has like you know i'm sure she has equipment in her studio in philadelphia or her and or her home i'm not sure about that though and and then some sort of what would have been an isdn line but it doesn't sound like a skype interview or zoom or anything like that and so i you know I, i don't know i think i heard an ad on on npr one on the app that i have and i was like oh man i have not listened to fresh air in a while so i'm like let me see because i kind of wanted to get a current one and sure enough i i listened to her interviewing stephen king right because of his book the stand uh which had a thing about uh, a pandemic of some sort that killed 99 i'm not a big Stephen King guy. I mean, I'm familiar with the movies and maybe mm-hmm. a couple of books. But anyway, he's got so many. Uh, and the weird thing was, her audio was not great, and neither was uh, Stephen King, but they were talking about the thing. And then I just listened to, just before we started, there's another NPR podcast called, uh, I Just Want to Seem Smarter. That's why I listen to NPR podcasts. Is, uh, it's called It's Been a Minute, and it's this guy Sam Sanders. And the whole thing was about uh, 12 years ago, like this week, 
um, Barack Obama gave a more perfect union speech. And this was a big speech which probably helped him get elected. And it was made before the pandemic was a stay-at-home order quarantine thing here. Um, but it was all about race, and because he had his reverend said something very polarizing about the United the United hate of America or something to that effect. And it was actually pretty good, and it kind of played well. And the whole point of it was, would that speech be okay today? And it kind of wouldn't. It worked in the context of the time. Right? right. And at the end of the day, it was a strategic speech, and maybe it was all genuine because he talked about, you know, even – you know, his he's not going to, you know, discount his reverend or his grandmother. And they both, like his white grandmother, who is also would use racial slurs that would make him cringe and whatever. It's a really good speech from what I, I don't remember it. but I kind of do. I kind of do. I kind of do, but I don't know how much I was paying attention back then. You know, I don't know. Not as much. I wasn't listening to NPR as much. I, I don't know that anybody was paying as much attention right. as we seem to now yeah right yeah i you know i have mixed feelings about it and one of the things that stephen king said in this interview was about commercials and that there are these commercials where the grandfather is reading a book about the big bad wolf and and he's real close is like this whole thing is there's no social distancing in it but that's only part of it because there are plenty of companies that are making commercials a lot of car companies that are talking about you know zero percent financing and are mindful of that but you know it's not like there's a super bowl party and a bunch of people hanging out in the backyard from the commercials that i've seen at least on what i'm watching the news or whatever i'm watching you know yeah um I'm you know. probably in the boat where I, I honestly haven't seen a lot of commercials. Maybe if they something that pops up on YouTube or something, but I try to avoid a lot of that. I know, I know I've got friends that, um, so looking at LinkedIn, um, I spent a lot of years uh, still in sales, but um, I sold advertising for a long time. And uh, I have a lot of friends, uh, you know, ex-colleagues and stuff that are still in that, uh, in that game. And uh it's really rough, obviously, and I saw one of the most poignant um, things I've, I've ever seen in my life was from uh, on LinkedIn, and it was from a sales manager at WGN Television in Chicago, and uh, somebody had posted it, and uh, he was calling bullshit on his industry, and what, what he was saying was, uh, he keeps reading these things where people are are saying out loud people in the in the in the uh, advertising field are trying to uh, convince their clients their 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 customers that they have to keep advertising no matter what you got to advertise through this because that's what's going to keep your company afloat and that's what's going to keep america going and and uh, don't let up the you know don't take the foot off the gas keep advertising and uh <laughs> He was saying that you know, come on. Um, if if you're honest with yourself, that's that's complete bullshit. Even as an advertising person, he said you've got to know that that's bullshit. You've got a company, in a lot of cases. That and he said, and I've talked to a bunch of these people uh, that um, have just laid off staff. They've just laid off a bunch of people. They even like the uh, big you know, if you're if you're in uh, television or or radio advertising, you know, there are a couple of the the go to cash cow places. Well number one would be automotive. And if if uh, an automobile dealership and most of them now have laid off a bunch of people and they're they're really struggling trying to figure out what the hell's going on because people just aren't buying cars right now they're they're, they're not and um, so they're just trying to struggle with the idea of how do we how do we stay alive how do we keep some of these people maybe uh, they're 
on they're, they're furloughed now which is the uh, new trendy thing we're hearing as, as a word instead of saying they're fired or they're laid off they're, they're furloughed yeah, yeah. 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 It's supposed to make you feel better right. but you know so he's just saying you know he's telling his people in in his industry saying you know fuck you you know back off just back off and come up with some better ways as a as a as a tv station as a radio station as a you know print medium whatever it is find a better way to help your fucking customers survive this help them do something uh you know that that benefits them and right now that probably isn't that they're going to spend money or more money certainly on advertising so well a hyundai i mean I've, i own a hyundai i bought it used uh i am happy with the car and and whatever but they were doing a thing that was about zero percent financing and and sort of if not fully forgiving loans even if you already own a hyundai and have a finance right so it was like so you know that that kind of message and some of the things where it's it's such a you know, are our companies doing the right thing with you know informational ads about yeah, social yeah. distancing? Like, uh, I try to, I can't remember who it is, but I thought there was like a CEO or some big guy for a company that came out and said something. Oh, you know what? Even there was this was a weird one. It was a local. There are these two big uh, New York area attorneys, Salino and Barnes. Okay, right. so they've been doing TV ads. I would say probably since the early or mid '80s that I right. remember. Right. So it would be during those court shows during the day, like all day on like the local affiliates. Every you five minutes, ads, right? And, and, yeah. and, and they've gotten better. And this one was so these two guys had a big falling out. I don't think they get along or vaguely remember this. I just see billboards. You know, I've never called the number or thought much about them. And one one of the guys, it was not promoting the Salino and Barnes or his firm. It was all about social distancing and doing the right thing. And I, I've seen a couple of those. You know, um, lo like local stations will do like the local ABC affiliate channel seven will have like their newscasters and uh i always say kathy lee but it's the other one the the little one kelly ripa and uh regis no not regis um is american idol uh, ryan seacrest yes um they're you know they're they were doing the thing that's a little different though that's while you're promoting your network you're not promoting a company or a brand you know well, I, I haven't paid attention to a lot of them though I think the best thing uh, Kelly Ripa did this week apparently was she fucking broke down and she. Uh, oh yeah. She, yes, apparently she. I, I read about it. I didn't actually watch it, uh, but she apparently uh, uh, at some point just uh, was diminished to tears and said, "On I air." Am, on air, I guess, and she said, "I have." Uh, you know, we're we're in the household. She's got her husband Mark, who's an actor. Mark, Mark Consuelo. Mark Yeah, yeah. And she, there's three kids, and they're they're. Um, late teens i think there's one that's maybe in her there's like 21 or 20 21 there are three kids i believe yes and she says right now i can't fucking stand my kids i, I they're they're assholes and i'm not talking to two of them with it and she said it's the worst goddamn time of my life trying to be uh isolated with these with these fucking kids and she lost mm -hmm. it mm-hmm there's the, and there's a lot of that going on right now so her showing this i mean yeah. to me that Im implies a lot of empathy i mean she people see that and they they're like oh god my kids are assholes too thank you <laughs> well so you know I, I i totally get that i i mean there's this did you see the did you see that um that show 
the morning show, the Apple show with uh, Jennifer Aniston and Reese. I did. I haven't seen any of it. No, you didn't. Okay. Well, but there's this thing where she she doesn't. She's the morning host of a of a you know like a Good Morning America kind of show. Sure. And and, and her relationship with her you know college age daughter is a little bit estranged, not the best. And part of it is. Uh, the selfishness that she had being an on-air talent that she put all of her life into her work. Well, that was part of it. That was, you know, a B story. And and again, I don't know Kelly Ripa. I, I don't know where she lives or where she's staying. If they live in Manhattan and they're staying there, um, the, I don't really know. I've seen that show in the morning. But it's like you're, you're dealing with a bit of an anomaly where all of a sudden you're you you've got these kids that are going through a transitional time it's not easy on them you know like i've got cameron and kylie here kylie is 15 a sophomore and cameron is 17 a senior you know and cameron's been real challenging i asked him to help me with a couple of things yesterday and it was like no he was like giving me a hard time he finally helped me with the basement he was just being a jerk about it well who cares why are we doing this and i'm like because i want to because for me, cleaning and organizing and doing these things kind of gives me a project that I can, like, complete and feel a little okay about myself. Like, oh, okay, I didn't just walk, you know, 12,000 steps today or exercise for, for another 45 minutes to an hour. I did something that I was like, you know, I didn't want to do that for a while. And I got all this time. And it's, a uh, you know, so so I get where she may be coming from. At the same time, it's just like, I'm sure it spoke to a lot of people, though, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. You know. For sure. I mean. You know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, like, next thing you know, that was yesterday with Cameron. Today, he comes into the pool house. I Just before we started recording, out of the shower, shave, and taking my, my weekly shower. And uh, he's like, hey, Dad, I don't need anything. I just wanted to say, uh, hey, instead of painting uh, this thing for my friend on the wood, that uh, he's doing a project for his friend. And it was supposed to be these guys, Joey Badass, two guys from Pro Era. And he's changed it. And he said, yeah, Jeffrey wants something else. He's like, he wants me to paint a picture of uh, paint Kanye West with a Make America Great hat on the wood. I'm like, he's like, I just, I was like, why? He's like, he thinks it's funny. Yeah, so I'm just letting you know. And then he left, and they came back right as we turned on the mic. And he he said, "Dad, do you want um, spaghetti with carbonara? I'm making it, but I'm putting pancetta in it." So it's like he's not a total dick. He just he's you know it's like like he like just the idea that he asked me before he made it and and not have pancetta in it because I don't eat meat. Like you know, I I think I think it's a two way street with the relationship with your kids, you know. And you're not going to get through to them most of the time, and they're going to be in their rooms a lot of the time. What are we supposed to do? This is there's no playbook for this. <laughs> there is no playbook. There, well, there's anyone, no playbook. There's no playbook to begin with. I mean, the idea that uh, when kids get to, you know, to parenting when they, when they when they're younger, there's there's you know there's that uh, there's a period of time where it's not nearly as difficult as when they uh, approach certain age and and uh, they become all knowing uh, at at a particular age and a lot of kids uh, just, you know. But I think that's what's built into. Uh, I think there's there's uh, uh, something built into um, humanity where when uh, kids do reach that age where they start to re- bell and they start to you know lie more and they start to do certain things not all kids do that but some kids do um uh, we, they, they start uh, uh, a lot of kids get to a, an age where they piss parents off enough like like she was talking about like uh, kelly ripa was talking about they get to a certain age where they get to a certain point where i think it's a um 
I think it's something that's uh, allows you to naturally let them leave the house at some point, move out, and not feel as bad about it. <laughs> well, You're, you know. But even if her kids, her especially the college age kids, came home during the summer, right. she'd be working. They'd be busy. They would go places. They go to the beach. They'd be doing activity. Not locked in a home together. You know right. what I mean? Not, you know, they. you can't even go out to dinner to mix it up. You can't, like, oh, let's go out to dinner. Let's have some sushi. Let's whatever. You know, so it, it's a... Uh I, I keep saying uh, I, I'm walking in the neighborhood and, and I have these neighbors that have kids the same age as mine. And I say, you know, I am so happy I don't have toddlers, right? Because I think if you had toddlers and you start to think that your toddlers are assholes, that would really suck even more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it's one thing to think your teenagers are assholes because, well, yeah, that's the time. That's what it is. Kids do that. They get to a point where they go away. They sort of they pull back from their parents they don't want to go to family functions they don't want to be present they just want to be with their friends doing whatever they're doing and this is you know before social media before this generation many generations before tried to do the same thing culturally in some places it's maybe a little different in like in a, a very italian like first generation italian family where the mom cooks and the whole thing you know it's a but i i don't think it's it's crazy my sister's got a two-year-old my two and a half year old nephew and it was like she FaceTimed today and, you know, wishing a happy Easter and all that. Happy Easter, by the way. Um, and uh, Thank you. And uh, at one point, she, he's there and he's eating. He's, he's opening up his plastic eggs and he's got the chocolate and he's shaking up the coin. He's doing this thing. And at some point, I don't know, I, um, she, my sister said, I don't want him to see R.Y. And I'm like, what's R.Y.? I'm like... <laughs> I was like, because my brain wasn't even programmed to, uh, whatever it was, it was like I was going to show her something, whatever. I don't want him to see our why. See our why? What's see our why? What's our why? <laughs> you know? No, and then it, t it took like three times for Kylie to say to me, she said, you know, like, it's like, you know, like I, I wouldn't come on, like FaceTiming with family and the grandparents and then like spelling stuff. Oh, just be torture. I would just run away. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a tough time. I think uh, I'm going to be um, okay. The more uh, the more this rolls on, uh, I realize that I'm uh, I've been I'm, even though I'm I'm home and I'm staying home, I'm starting to look more homeless uh, in generally uh, general general generally speaking. Uh, it's hard to uh, convince yourself to change clothes. It's hard to convince yourself to shave. It's hard to convince yourself. You know, it's like everybody. I was reading that uh, Walmart now is uh, sold out of uh, hair trimmers. People are trying to do uh, the home haircut thing, and, and all of that. And uh, it's just it's it's a it's a weird uh, it's a weird time. So I'm just trying to force myself sometimes into you know. Okay, it's time time to. Uh, Put on some other stretchy pants, and so I'm, I'm gonna. Oh, hopefully, when this is all said and done, I won't be as judgmental. Maybe even in, in not that I was doing it out loud, but even even uh, in, in between my own two years, uh, I'm gonna try not to be as judgmental about anybody um, that I see that looks uh, like they're not very put together. They, they they might be going through something that i have no idea what that is and uh, sure well yeah. yesterday uh you know, Mother I told you I've been walking a lot yeah and i walk 
in the last like 12 days i've probably done over 12,000 steps you know a couple times close to 25,000 um you know maybe missed like one day like i took a day off and so anyway so yesterday i was walking through into red bank a route that i don't normally take uh, i i took a I, I i had a birthday card from my mom uh, it said, happy birthday, friend. I, when I bought it at the grocery store, I think I had a mask on, and I wasn't really paying attention, and I just grabbed what looked like a nice card. I didn't realize it wasn't a card for a mother. It was for a friend, so I had to cross that out, whatever. So I go down uh, into town, go to the post office, drop it right in the mailbox there, and on my way back, I run into this guy who starts talking to me. He's a homeless guy, Tommy. 57 58 years old but a hard hit 57 or 58 and he's pushing his cart with possibly all of his possessions and on the front of his cart it says um there's a cardboard with a sign and i didn't really notice this but it said um you know i had three strokes and he started talking to me i happen to have my camera with me it's the first time i actually took my you know my Fuji mirrorless camera with me rather than just my phone. And when I have my phone, I don't ever take pictures. So I was thinking about, like, I want to take a picture of this guy, but I have, like, a 35-millimeter lens. I don't want to get too close to him. And as I pass him, he asks me to take his picture. Now, this starts <laughs> up, like, a good 20-minute conversation about the whole stroke. So, you know, I had my stroke. I had a stroke four years ago, May 30th. 2016 Memorial Day I've talked about it on here and he starts talking to me now and I'm like it's where we start talking about it he starts saying how Riverview Medical Center sucks now he tells me the first time he had a stroke he was working as a, a, a in the kitchen he was a cook in the kitchen of, of this place called Bar's Landing, right, about down by the, the ocean here. And, and, uh, and that the first time he didn't go to the hospital for four days. So he had a stroke and didn't even realize it. Okay, that's not good. No. He didn't have health insurance. Okay, that's not good, but okay. Um, I don't necessarily know. And, and apparently he said they just kicked him out. He was there for the third time. Now, I didn't get a chance to really dig into whether he was there during COVID-19, you know. And he's, he's definitely an angry guy. Within, like, I think about seven minutes of talking to him, he lit up a cigarette, a Paul Mall, I believe. And I'm like, hey, Tommy, that, I'm like, I, listen, I'm not preaching to you, dude, but I had a stroke, too. And we start talking about it. I understand. You got to take make some choices, and that's a bad one. That is not helping. You had three of them, you know. And, and he just, he wasn't a negative or an angry guy with me, it, but it was a very strange, surreal moment. So I did take his picture. I don't even know if it turned out any good, but it was like this guy was seemed to be genuinely homeless. And I just there were so many questions I wanted to ask him right now. I mean, it, once he told me that he was convinced that coronavirus was uh, created by the government, I didn't even I, I, I didn't even know where to go from there. I'm like, I want to be like, which government? And he said to thin the population. This is and the I, government that can't get the checks out? <laughs> I know. So it's like it's this weird thing. It'd be like, what, to destroy the economy and thin the population? Like, okay, we have a problem here. And so it's sort of as homeless as you look, you can't be as homeless because it's also a mindset, right? It's like people's perception of us. But y you don't know. I mean, uh, what, you know, this might change the way I groom moving forward. I mean, I'm still going to be hygienic and take showers. But... You know, maybe I throw my beard out. Or didn't they you know. say? I, I thought I read somewhere that the the beard was uh, uh, you, you had a higher likelihood if you have a beard of uh, contracting it. Yes, I've heard that as well. Yep, yeah. it's a carrier for for germs and 
and yes. viruses so, yeah. and all kinds of stuff passing I, around. I had a conversation with a friend that uh, she's uh, she's overweight. She drinks too much. She would she would admit to all this. Uh, uh, she uh, she drinks too much. She's got high blood pressure, uh, and she basically was saying that you know she's terrified right now because if and she really hasn't gone anywhere in like three weeks, and uh, she is convinced that if she does get it, it's it's a death sentence. She's going to die, um, and because uh, she's got all the pre-existing whatever, and she's uh, in her forties. And uh, she basically is like, um, at the same time, I don't think, um, well, there, there was nothing about her, her conversation about, about the, the conversation about her, um, her, her attitude about it uh, that was like, I better change some shit and get in shape and try to do something about my blood pressure start taking my she doesn't take the medication she's been given because she says she doesn't feel good when she takes it and things like that she's had like really blood pressure that uh, you know pre-stroke type of you know of blood pressure that kind of thing and, and she's and, in her early 40s mid 40s uh, late 40s late 40s and and, and uh, like what led to this is just the lifestyle of just, just hereditary uh, and just just uh, with some of yeah there's the hereditary thing um uh, her father did wasn't uh, he had quite a few uh, like he had some issues heart issues and might have had a stroke and some stuff like that her mother's not also really um anything uh, as far as uh you know being really healthy either i i think a lot of it is um just just general general lifestyle just you know um and i just never has uh, been one to you know exercise or or be concerned about that or think uh you know uh, about maybe cutting back on the on the booze and stuff like that and uh just kind of living the good life, uh, you know, as as an American, uh, you know, here in middle middle America, uh, white person with uh, college education and some money, and uh, a lot of a lot of good groceries and uh, <laughs> a budget for uh, you know a couple of bottles of wine if if it if that is is what you want for the evening, um, and just yeah that that kind of thing, and so. Um, you, uh, there's so there's there okay the idea before all of this shit went on and they, i've seen jokes about this where people are you know joking about how i used to say i didn't have time to exercise well as it turns out <laughs> time wasn't the issue uh, <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff like that um where you just you, okay uh, if i had more time i'd do this well actually maybe not and then there's the, the also the concept of you know if, if i you know, it's people that are uh, today's Easter, as an example, people will say, you know, I, I they'll say I, I prayed last night, or or I'm, I'm a prayerful person. I'm I'm that kind of person that believes in God, and I want to uh, look to God for guidance and direction. I, I, I have a lot of people I know that uh, would would at some point. Um, tell me something like that and believe it in their heart but um, that's also the same type of person that uh, would also tell me, you know what. I haven't uh, I haven't put two feet one foot in front of the other out you know with a pair of shoes outside and gone for a walk since this whole thing started. So if you're looking for a sign from God, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, what else, what else do you need? <laughs> if if I were a man of faith and I was a believer in a higher power, a specific God or whatever, 
And I believe, this is me saying this now, as a theoretical, because I'm not those things, um, baptized and raised Catholic, a Jewish mom, but I, I would think they'd be like, now is the time for me to walk, stay healthy, stay fit, and maybe I will at least one day a week, maybe two days a week, I will walk and pray. Right, because this whole idea, and what I remember, and I could be wrong about this, and you might be able to help me here, is when we were, um, when I grew up Catholic, is that God didn't live in that church. There was like this little like thing where they'd open it up, like this, I don't know, like a little compartment where that that's where God lived, or that's how I remembered it, but that wasn't really what it was. It was a house of worship, worship that represented God, and that God is everywhere, and God is in us, right? So, you know, I would think, okay, if I'm a man of faith, I'm saying, okay, maybe this is some sort of test, right? Because I don't necessarily think it's about, I don't, th- I understand coming together as a group as a community to worship especially on Easter right and that's when when is when is the when are catholic churches if you are a fair weathered catholic when are they crowded Easter Mass, Christmas Mass, mm-hmm. Palm yeah. Sunday, right? It's right. like Palm Sunday. And, and I remember growing up, every priest would say the same thing when those churches were, were like packed on Palm Sunday and, uh, and, and Easter Sunday and Christmas is really calling for people to come back more, not yes. just on these days, right? Like It's like people that, that give up stuff for Lent. Like you're giving this thing up for Lent, but really, are you? Is it a sacrifice? You're giving up something that you don't even like? How is that a thing? You're giving up, you're going to give up uh, wine, uh, but you're still going to drink beer? Like, how, is that a, like, how is that a sacrifice? Like well, to me, that's the point, right, of all of this stuff. So, yeah. but, but I realize, and I realize quickly whether I'm, like, and I'm, I don't believe that it's the easy thing to quit smoking, but, like, this guy Tommy, right, he's had a tough go of it, right? He had three fucking strokes, and I'm not blaming him for his strokes. He said he didn't drink, but I don't care about the drinking. It's like, what were the, you know, he's still smoking a fucking cigarette. The guy is homeless, has no money, and he's still buying cigarettes, which are not inexpensive. He's got right. some issues going on there that no, are probably. No, he has a lot yeah. of issues, and they can go. And it, they, the chances are, they go beyond yes. the strokes, right? right. You know, and he said, "I work hard. I always work hard when I was younger." And I believe the guy. I don't think he's lying. But w- w- what were you really? You know, again, yeah. I, I, it's not my job to to fix this guy. But I am really curious to start asking questions and to peel back the layers of you know. And I and for me right now, as I wonder. After this is all over, and then that day that, okay, the economy's open, you know, the stay-at-home order in your state is no more, and we think that it's passed, and will I keep the good habits? Will I mean maintain the cleanliness, the organization, getting things done, and moving and exercise the same way I am now? Will I look at time differently? I hope so. Yeah, I think there are things that, you know... We're gonna look at and we're gonna wonder do i really want to do that again like we we're we we're talking um about some of the you know if you, if you think about so and a lot of times these are places where you could you could go drink as an example i was thinking about this okay so um would i would i really feel bad if i never went to another uh big 10 football game another live game if i never went to see my uh beloved iowa hawkeyes play at kinnick stadium would it bother me to never go there again and the answer is probably no i I mean i could i could live without that i really could i used to have season tickets but uh i 
you know, I got a big fucking TV. I can watch it on TV, and it's 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 pretty good. It's you know, going going is fun, but uh, you know, knowing that uh, there's a bunch of uh, Disease motherfuckers walking around. <laughs> um, movie theaters. I read that AMC theaters may be um, going under. Um, wow. Uh, would I? Do I care if I ever go to another movie theater? No, I really don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I miss I miss seeing something on a big screen every now and again. Uh, but I didn't. I don't think I went that many times a year. If you, if you can get a seventy-inch TV at home for under five hundred bucks, and uh, I mean. I don't know, not not that much. Um, then we were talking about okay, so like live theater. I've never been a, I've never really been a big, huge uh, live theater goer, or, or you know, somebody that wants to see plays or that sort of production. So I can live without that as well. Uh, well as would you say all sports then? Concerts, you couldn't live without concerts. See, that's you the be thing. Happy without concerts, though. I could yeah, be at least one thing in there. Music would be the the toughest the toughest thing because I want to go see live music and uh, I would not go to uh, like amusement parks. I, we've we've talked about <laughs> that's about that anyway. But um, I think when the economy opens up, even restaurants. I don't care if I ever go to a restaurant again. Really? Because I, really I really like going to restaurants. I know not so much. I, do. I, I, I mean, I, I was I do. I was queasy a little bit, to tell you the truth, about restaurants before all of this. Um, I, 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 you know, if I, they've always said, you know, Anthony Bourdain, when he was alive, said if you went and looked at the back of most restaurants, you wouldn't eat there. Um, I think even more so now. If I'm in a restaurant and I hear somebody, if somebody sneezes or somebody coughs, or if I just get any kind of an idea that uh, you know the silverware is not clean, the, the hold up a glass and it's kind of a little bit dirty. Instead of asking for another one, I would probably be like, "Let's get the fuck out of here." You know, I, I just um, the the amount of trust uh, that you have in places like that, uh, I think, is diminished at least for me. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't really oh. care if I, I don't Thanks really care. Thanks for planting that seed. I don't really care. I don't really care. Uh, no, oh, I, I do like to go sit occasionally. You know, you know, in a place where there's a bunch of people drinking. Uh, you know, like, like go to a, a, a. Lately, we have if that is the type of thing. Uh, we, there's a local brewery here that's fairly wide open. You're not sitting next. You know, ne- on top of anybody too much there anyway. But uh, I'd I'd miss that a little bit. I like the outdoor. Uh, type thing where you can sit out, outside at places. Um, that's more of a social distancing thing. So maybe maybe in that uh, instance, but um, to go sit shoulder to shoulder in a in a crowded restaurant with uh, snifflers and sneezers and coughers and uh, people in the back that don't have health insurance and don't want to miss work because. Uh, they might get fired if they don't show up and they don't have uh, you know the uh, same benefits my uh, well-to-do friends that are worried about having coronavirus have uh, geez um, it's going to be different I think there's uh, well here's here's I don't know I, I don't think most restaurants are going to come back I think we're going to see um, a I think the close ratio on restaurants is going to be much, much higher than a lot of people anticipate. Uh, and um, when they do open things up, it's I think as a restaurant owner, uh, the, the hope would be, okay, they're going to open it up and the business is going to come back. I think the business is just going to trickle back in for a lot of places and it's going to be so slow that them waiting for that 
kind of like Christmas Day moment to come when you know, hallelujah, things are are open again. Um, it's just it's not going to come back like that. And uh, I think we'll see some try to open and close immediately afterwards. And um, I think there's going to be a, a, just a lot more. A lot more fallout with stuff like that than we're we're imagining. Yeah, um, I think so. I mean, I, I I think the I think sports will probably come back big. I was watching, you know, I was on uh, use Hulu, and I was flipping around on live TV for Hulu, and I saw that ESPN on ESPN two is doing an NBA two K tournament. So what it is, it's a video game. Okay? Yeah, I know. There's been and, a lot of that going on. Lately. Okay, and yeah. it was literally a player from each team playing. As their team, yeah, and they'd show the whole game, and these guys are on headset. Both guys, I don't know either of the dudes. It was uh, Portland Trailblazers and uh, the uh, Mark Cuban team. Is that the Dallas the Mavericks? Dallas Mavericks, yeah, right. And and I'm telling you, these guys both seemed high as fuck. Wouldn't you and, be? <laughs> but not even. But not even. And I think NBA has a look the other way policy for. Well, in states where it's legal, if you're, you know, if you're a player from yeah, California, yeah. But even, but uh, but even if it's legal in your state, a uh, an organization like the NBA or a company can make the determination that it's not okay. Yeah, yeah. I think the NFL is the only one that's still. Uh, Was it the NFL that allows it? They don't. I don't they believe. They don't. No. But they, I, th- I think you're right about the NBA. I, I think, think the NBA may have. Uh, it doesn't count like if you get tested positive yeah they've had some coaches you know some coaches that have spoken out in favor of it uh steve kerr and some other people that have said you know it's ridiculous that we would try to enforce any sort of rules about that so i I was uh i don't know where i heard this i oh it was jimmy fallon jimmy fallon's got his you know uh the tonight show at home from home yeah and i don't remember who he had on and he was talking about David Wells. He was David Wells was a pitcher for the New York Yankees, and I believe it was nineteen ninety six or ninety seven. I think it was. I don't remember, or maybe uh, whatever it was. It was the late nineties, and um, he was talking about being at Saturday Night Live, and he had. Um, David Wells came to the show, or at least the after party, and apparently he was drunk as fuck and didn't leave the bar until like 6 a.m. And later that day, Jimmy Fallon turned on the TV, and David Wells was pitching, and at like, I I think it was like a 1 o'clock game. It was on a Sunday. David Wells pitched a perfect game that day. And I remember watching that game, <laughs> and I remember being onto it. It was like Beanie Baby Day, and apparently he pitched this game. Possibly, I think he was still drunk, right <laughs> when the game started. And uh, you know, there have been other stories of uh, the guy that threw the no hitter um, while he was tripping on acid. You know? Yeah, uh, what's his uh, name? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot the guy's name. Uh, early eighties, I mean early seventies. Skinny um, black dude. No. Yeah, and, and they made a documentary about that. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. But there are other people that have done things while, in, like, I, did you see this movie War Dogs from like a few years back? It doesn't um, ring a bell. Uh, okay, it's it's uh, two dudes. It's um, it's uh, Jonah Hill when he was still fat. And uh, the guy Miles Teller, who was in that uh, the movie with the uh, farmer's insurance actor, it was the drum movie, the intense drum movie. 
know what I'm talking okay. about? Yeah, I do. The I do. jazz drummer. Ja- yeah, 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 yeah. So, and the weird thing is that Miles Teller and uh, Jonah Hill are like voice doppelgangers, and there's some voiceover in it. It's so confusing. But it's these two young guys that um, were uh, dealing um, am- guns and ammo to the United States government. Because they had opened it up to small companies because of Lockheed Martin and uh, the what's the one that uh, Cheney was involved with Black BlackRock no not BlackRock that's a financial but anyway and it was these two young guys Halliburton Halliburton maybe yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway uh, and um, I don't remember why I brought this up I'm not I mean it was relevant to whatever we were talking about but I don't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> But uh, I'm trying it, to go it, back mentally and figure out where we're at with this. I too. don't remember. I don't. I don't know. What we're, <laughs> honestly, if you if you ask me, I don't know. I don't even know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. Um, honestly, it's like May first when this goes back. Wouldn't that only be roughly six weeks since we really started the earliest at home orders? And May first seems like forever away. It does. And it does. And March thirteenth, the last that time I worked feels like forever a lifetime ago <laughs> yeah and I, and I heard fauci uh said something about he he, he was he, he threw out june 1st as a date uh, uh like a kind of a not anything that they're planning on but he was saying hopefully by june 1st or something that uh, we can start uh open things up and i was like june 1st that yeah like you said may 1st seems like a long ways away and like wow that's uh, yeah so oh, I, re- I remember why I brought up that dumb movie, right. right? So so it's based on a true story, right? Okay. And, and it's these two guys. And uh, it was two of the three guys. The one guy that started the company that was played by the Jonah Hill character, um, I mean, uh, that guy, he was not happy with the portrayal. He was not involved with the making of the movie. Um, but they actually went to the Pentagon to deal this. They got this big, big deal. And they were they were high. They were stoned in this meeting where they got the deal and and it's just like it's just like they were young kids they were like 23 and 26 it's like the younger of the two guys got kicked out of high school and went to live in la from like F- miami to la lived with his like his uncle and grandma and 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 his uncle was an arms dealer and that's how i got in the business and the whole entire time i'm watching the movie i'm like what the fuck and i'm like going online to look up fact checks and apparently them getting stoned and going to that me was a was true they blew out before it you know and i think the third guy that was involved in the company and wrote a book about it was like their their drug dealer they were doing coke and not you know what I'm saying like p- there are plenty of people that do crazy drugs and shit and you know get get away and, with it and 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 do it all the time you That's know kind of uh, dave Chappelle and uh neil brennan when they oh. pitched uh, whatever the hell it was yeah was ca- ca- yeah half baked yeah. I, I i heard that story last night did you watch the kennedy center honors uh where uh, Chappelle won the Mark Twain Award. Yes, I did see that. I just yeah, I just watched it last night. Yeah, it was quite and good. Yeah, Neil so, Brennan was very good, very funny. So I was going to ask you. I know you were uh, early on in all of this, and and uh, I, I I still haven't. Uh, I'm going to I I have not seen a news conference with Trump yet, or the I have not actually heard Fauci even speak. Um, really, I haven't. Um, but I've read. You know, I keep reading. You know, things that he says and stuff. And I, I, at some point, I'll probably get around to watching one of them. But I, I haven't yet. But um, I know at one point you were uh, uh, upset about the uh, China flu and all that, or whatever he's calling it. Well, uh, I mean, I mean, not upset by. I just I, I, no. What I was frustrated by his communication. 
and and I and I, even though I wasn't looking at the news media outlets covering this, my gut on it and takeaway from it was very similar to what news organizations were writing, including the Wall Street Journal, which is conservative and just wrote an editorial about it that it's turning into a thing and there are republicans that are turning against him too for what he's been doing it's is he's he's just clouding the messages yeah okay i i, I, I did you see um mar bill mars uh thing about i have the, and i haven't watched him i watched one show that he did without an audience in the very beginning but i tapped out so he went on this uh i, I was just going to see what your take on it was because he, he went on this uh rant and uh a lot of times uh i I'm not the biggest Bill Maher fan, uh, but uh, he went on this uh, thing. He's got some portion of his show where he um, he does a bit where he basically uh, he's just by himself and he he does a rant, I guess, apparently. And yeah, and, yeah. And I tries think he ends the show with one. I think. Yeah, and so the thing that he talked about was the uh, the Chinese flu thing, and he's and he didn't the China say virus. China virus. Yes, that's he, what that was Trump was was saying a few times. Yes, a couple and, of days in a row he got in on that. And he was and he was saying Mar was basically saying that he agreed with with the idea of calling it something like that. He's he's saying why should China get a get a pass on this because he says and he makes a very <laughs> I listened to the whole thing. At first I heard him when I heard that I thought well that sounds kind of wonky and then um he uh he explained the whole thing and I didn't realize this and he went down this list of all these different uh all these different diseases, all these different flus, all these different maladies, um almost every single one of them that has come along has been named after the or the the place where it originated. Um, yes, that and, that is there is there's truth in that, and I think we should I think we should get away from that. And well, I it really was, do. Well, he's saying that he he was making the point that we should actually he that, that the opposite should be true because um, he feels very strongly that uh, uh, China was extremely irresponsible uh, with uh, with, with the way this began and the way they yeah. handled it afterwards and the way they're and the way they're still handling it and. Uh, the idea that uh, we sh we should uh, perhaps uh, throw a little blame their way uh, isn't racist. It's uh, which is the 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 flack that a lot of people were giving Trump, and that they're now giving Mar, saying you know oh, you're a racist and you're a um, you know whatever xeno well, xenophobic. Well, I think that they're both racist, quite frankly. I really do. I mean, I, I think a lot of us are in some ways, but uh -huh. I really kind of do. But I think it becomes conflated, and I'm not talking about. It's like okay. It's one intelligent guy who's a misogynist. Actually, it's two guys. One is intelligent, Mar, and the other is the president. And it, and when you're making these arguments and you're talking to the entire country and you're talking to a lot of different people and it's getting every you're a lot of what you say before, especially if you're the president, because I think you should be held to a higher standard. That's where I'm coming in on it. I, I, I'm not like I'm not saying they can both say it. Don't give a fuck. There is truth in it that it right. came from there, but it's. I, I I think it's problematic when it's coming from the president saying that in the way that he's saying it in a press conference that should be getting us through this, right? Avoid those things so that we can just really get to how do we stop this? What did these other countries do wrong? What have they done right? What do we know? How do we get past this? That's where I'm coming from. Yeah, and I, I like I said, I, I haven't really watched to hear how tr Trump came 
or what what his what his what his uh, message was, and it was probably dorky. He he's, he he tries to antagonize. Uh, he really does. Well, um, he does, and he comes and he and he behaves like he's the smartest guy in the room, and I don't believe that he is. And 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 it's he, it's a lot of things are problematic. But I haven't watched one in a while, and when I do watch them, I try to watch as much of it as possible possible to to hear the questions that are asked, hear his response, and get as much from the context of that particular press conference. There, there. I don't believe there is one today. Because it's Easter Sunday, and I don't think he did one yesterday. So maybe he's listening to someone, but he's basically got this like hour, like you know, platform where he's on this soapbox doing the thing, and he starts talking about other things. Yeah, I, I agree. After I listened to, to the to the Mar thing, uh, he brought up some really good points, though he really did. Um, and uh, I, when I l- listened to it, I was. Uh, uh, I don't know what we should call it exactly, or what they should have called it. Here's what I think with the with the calling it that that is uh, all struck a chord with me is um, coronavirus. Um, I think, and I'm serious. I'm, not, I'm serious about this. I, I, I think that the Corona Beer Company got completely fucked with this thing, and uh, they they uh, almost to the point where they, if anybody. I would be uh, trying to. I would be trying to enact a lawsuit against the World Health Organization for for uh, for coming out with this coronavirus shit. If it was the name of my company and I had a trademark on the name Corona, which I'm sure they do to some some level, um, I think they're they're getting screwed. We didn't call it COVID until much later, and. Um, uh, the idea is that we should be, I don't know, he, Mar basically says you know, we should be talking about um, what we're doing about this instead of arguing about um, what it, you know, necessarily the what it's called thing is, you know, he said it's, he, he basically says it's fair, it is fair to call it the Wuhan flu or the Chinese virus or whatever the hell it's calling because um, um, we should have a boat. We, we've got a big, huge bone to pick with China over the whole thing, and we should have it. Uh, that, that, that should be something that's brought to light is basically what he's saying. And he's also saying, and this is something I thought was brilliant, he says most of America has gotten to the point where they're unable to hold two exclusive thoughts in their brain at the same time. They can't say, okay, Maybe we call it something, maybe we call it something else, but maybe because they're Chinese has nothing to do with anything racist. Oh, or, I, I, listen, I can hold those two thoughts, yeah. and I understand what he, said, what he would be saying by making that point. I can hold those two thoughts, It's just, but there's truth in that. So where do we go from there? I mean, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, what Mar thinks or says about that in terms of stupid people. He doesn't hold them in any regard whatsoever. He does not hold people who are religious in any regard whatsoever. He's incredibly condescending and, and you know, uh, dismissive of he anyone is. that is uh, overtly religious. Um, and, you know, to him it's just it's stupid and ridiculous. And so, I don't know. I, I'm not... I. In no way does calling it the China virus, it doesn't offend me. I understand what he is saying by it in Trump. I understand what Mar is saying about it. I mean, as a matter of fact, I, quite frankly, I don't even like the Chinese people ever since Alan Shin in the seventh grade <laughs> put pee-pee in my Coke. I was done. <laughs> Listen, I do not like, I'm not a big fan. I've known since I'm a very little kid, I picked up every toy I had, made in China, made in China. I was trying to dig to China, never got there. They lied to us. Everyone, I don't believe anyone or anything, so I'm not offended. I'm offending. That's I, what I want to do here. I, I want to make it clear. 
I dug and I I came out in Australia, which was a little, <laughs> That's a little good. confusing. It was confusing. Yeah. yeah. Look it at all these criminals. Well. They're living the life here. So um, speaking of uh, people that don't like a whole race of people or a whole group of people just because of one experience with one person, um, I, I did watch uh, the, uh, the, the the Hasidic Jew thing. Oh, unorthodox. <laughs> unorthodox. Yeah. You did uh, watch it. Don't tell me too much because oh, I haven't wow. watched it yet. Yeah. I've heard things about it. I've heard. Well, I was thinking you things. told me to watch it. Did you tell me to watch that? Somebody's, I don't. I don't recall. Uh, I mean, some, I could listen to the my backup of these things before because we talked about it. Uh, I don't know. Um, so recently, that part of Brooklyn, do you do you roll through there? Williamsburg. Uh, I Williamsburg? roll through there a lot. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'll tell you this, right? So uh, the Orthodox community in Williamsburg, Brick, Brooklyn, you'd be like a block away, and there's this huge like glass condo. Like that's where the writer producer of the tv show i worked on live with his actress wife and another actor stayed in there and it's on the the river and the view of manhattan it's beautiful and then a couple of blocks away there's like a whole like tenement community of orthodox jews and there are so many of them and so many buses picking up the kids in the morning and there are little kids um again anecdotally some of them look like uh they might there might be some inbreeding you know and and <laughs> and, and you know and that, i'm not making that up as a thing i don't right, know right. that these kids that i saw are inbred but that's a real thing in the community yes and, and it's, it's kind of surreal and i'm fascinated by it because when you see a couple of like these very young moms with their wigs on and long skirts and like then they're with these like larger older dudes with big beards and sweaty they appear to be sweaty and uncomfortable and in my mind i'm not sure that they are and you see these little kids running around and walking around and they're a good you know um a good a hundred yards away from their parents it's new york city it's brooklyn you may have an insular community and and a very tight-knit community but there are other people around here you know so I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's culturally very different, and I'm fascinated by it. So I kind of want to watch this thing. It's a good story. It is. It, uh, it, four episodes? Four episodes, and um, it's... Uh, I was Googling stuff. Why do they do this? Why are they doing that? Because there, there are things that go on, just little um, little things that they do. Um that uh, I had no clue what's what's going on with 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 all of that, and so I was. You can find the answers to all of that if you if you Google it. If you have a question about why they're kissing the uh, the door frame, uh, there's a little piece of wood on. Is it the the mezizah? I think that's what that is called. Yeah, the mezizah. Which the mezizah to me looks like the that's where the uh, the Wuhan flu is going to catch on right there because everybody <laughs> everybody's touching the mezizah and they're kissing it. It's like, you know, every room you're going in and out of, everybody's uh, sharing germs. It looks like a germy mess to me. Uh, uh, huh. Yeah, 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 I've seen it. I've seen it on, on, like, you know, in apartment buildings in New York. I've seen it right by the door frame of the apartment door. Yeah, so every time you walk in through every door, you're you're uh, touching that thing and then kissing your hand. Uh, did you did you look it up? Because I'm looking it up now. I've never really looked it up. I mean, I just... I did look it up. I said what? what? And yes. did you know the particular verse that it's from? Uh, what it's about? I, I didn't know at all what it was about until I looked it up. And then I... I yeah, but did, what, I mean, is there something specific about that verse? Like Yeah, there's something reason? about, yeah, writing the name of... Sorry, it's, yeah, 
typical kind of old school, uh, Old Testament, uh, you know, uh, Torah to kind of stuff where the other was, you know, it's like Passover, you know, they're, they're putting the blood on the door steps instead of putting the blood on it. There, there's this has got something to do with writing your name on on the on the. Uh, on the door that has something to do with something it's some symbolic you know showing showing who you are kind of thing i don't know that's the worst fucking explanation in the world no i'm looking at i'm looking at it now it's like here's the and this is an article from 2006 and here's part of the article says where and when to hang a mezuzah and i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right uh it should be fixed to the doorpost of every living space in the house not just the entrance door right oh my god yeah they have everywhere Wow. Yes. um, uh, One should check with the rabbi. Bathrooms, closets, laundry room, boiler room, and so forth, however, do not require a mezuzah. Why would you not need one for the bathroom? (laughs) Okay. God God doesn't want you kissing... Uh, the mezuzah in the on the way in or the way out. You'd be like, you know what? You wash your hands. Wash your hands a lot. Listen, I've told you so many times. Wash your cleanliness is close to godliness, a, right? Was that what's the saying? Yes, there's a lot of touching and kissing. We of, wouldn't have yes. this pandemic if we all washed our hands more. And yeah, and the Chinese yes. didn't have wet markets with bats and pigs and and snakes and I don't even know what the fuck they got there. I it's just. Ah, even before I, 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 I you know, uh, stopped eating meat. That's, ah. <sighs> yeah. That's I've been reading a lot about, uh, a lot more about the, since this whole thing this has come along, There's there's been a bigger push uh, um, amongst the, uh, the vegetarians and the and the vegans uh the the non-meat eaters uh trying to uh push the idea that uh, if the world just quit eating meat then there'd be no disease at all everybody'd be uh you know everybody'd be 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 healthier and um it's <laughs> uh i don't know it's it hasn't uh ticked me off at all because i i know people just, just people like to talk about whatever it is that you know we we all have a a, a good idea for 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 our, for the world, I guess you know we, we everybody wants to give advice, uh, and uh, I do it too. And um, but it hasn't ticked me off. But some of the stuff I've read has just been so bizarre. It's like, um, and and kind of crazy too when um, when you think about the idea that um, you know it's. It, it, Having the and I won't say I was going to say vegetarianism, but that's not true. Um, having let's just put it like this: having the ability to choose entirely what you eat is a is a uh, it's an elitist thing. We and when I say elitist, sure, I mean, sure, it's yeah. a, you're you're coming from a place of privilege. Yes. So if you yeah. you decide you're just going to eat a, a vegetarian diet and occasionally you're going to have an egg or a piece of fish or whatever, just to, you know, offset that, or you want to go straight vegan, or you want to be a you know be a total uh, omnivore, we have the ability to do that and do it in a way that um, even now during a pandemic, I can walk into a grocery store and go, well, don't they have any decent avocados? You know, it's Iowa and it's late winter in Iowa and I'm thinking, you know, I had to be able to find any kind of produce that I want to and pick any anything out that, that, I've, that I can think of, that my mind can think of, it should be there. Um, you know, so, and we're all 
you know, full of uh, these little cute little tweets and, and social media posts are out all the time now about people that are getting fat. We've got, we've got a pandemic and we're all worried that we're getting too fat. <laughs> uh, so um, the idea that the world is going to, is going to switch to any, any, you know, whether you're, whether you're a, a vegan or whether you are a strictly a meat eater or whatever the hell you are, the idea that you're going to suggest to the world that we should all shift to that, that exclusive way of eating is, is kind of, kind of tone deaf. It really is. Uh, it's like most people can't do that. They didn't, most people in the world don't have that ability. Like most of the world can't do that. <laughs> At least I'm not going to preach. You know? I know you, I mean, you like, don't. Yeah, no, you, I, like, yeah. I, I'm not going to preach and I don't preach. I just said this is a choice that I've made. I don't know exactly how or why. I, I kind of have a sense of why I came to it. I came to it after my stroke and not liking the food in the hospital or think it was terrible. And I, and there was a vegan restaurant near n- next door and I would get takeout uh, from that restaurant. And uh, I, I, didn't become a vegan at that point i wasn't even a full vegetarian i was still eating fish until january of this year and i just haven't and and so you know i today you know what screw it i'm gonna become a cookie terrian i'm just gonna eat cookies but i'm not gonna preach to you that you need to eat cookies (laughs) now tommy who had three fucking strokes okay this guy's 57 looks like he's 67 70 and and that guy lights up a cigarette I'm going to tell him, having been a guy who had a stroke, who did smoke, you know this, that's really fucking bad, don't smoke. Tommy is probably a vegan, and he, doesn't, he does not look old because of the strokes or the smoking. He looks old because he's, he's a vegan. Vegans look old. <laughs> I have white in my beard. I don't look old because I'm a vegan, and I am going to have I just, I, and I have dairy. I read this because because I've been seeing all these posts and it's, I've gone down a rabbit hole or two this week. Um, <laughs> I, I saw this article where they were they were trying to make the uh, the assertion, and I don't know how you would actually uh, prove this, but they were trying to make the assertion, and this was from some sort of a credible. I was like the Atlantic or some some place like that. Um, there was basically the the article was saying that um, veganism and uh, vegetarianism makes you look old. People people generally age quicker and i was like <laughs> what is that based on uh, it just i don't it seems like a nutty nutty claim i don't yeah, know i don't yeah. know i mean look it's you you can have uh you know three different documentaries about the same subject that will tell you yes you know, exactly three different things you right. know i mean it's like you you make the argument to work for whatever it is you know you're you're pe- preaching to your choir, you know. I, and again, I'm not. I'm not there. I can't tell you that the way I eat and the way I live works for anyone else. I'm not even saying it works for me. I mean, you know, I wake up every morning. I'm alive, and uh, I feel pretty good right now. How are the bowel movements? Had a bowel movement today. How's that working? Is that all? I, not something I ever like talking about. You know what I mean? Like it's. I, I mean, if my doctor asks me that question, and there's a good reason for him asking the question, I'll answer the question. And, and if he snaps on a glove right now and puts the uh, KY on the glove, you'd be like, "Yeah, more of those gloves." I mean, if he does that right now, I'll be like, "Hey, hey, what about the social distancing? Why are you in my home?" And that, ladies and gentlemen is our show let's let mr big voice take us out thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed unbecoming of age 
Bonus content at unbecomingofage.com. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Find us on social media at Unbecoming of Age. And sometimes when we talk.